headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Luke is with us in Jackson, Mississippi, starting off this hour. Hi, Luke. How are you? Good. How are y'all? Great. How can Ken Coleman and I help? So I'm currently in a job. Um, I'm 22 years old, and I've been in this job for about two months, um, and I've quickly found out that I'm not really passionate about it. Why? Um, well, I'm in, the, I'm in the wine and liquor industry. I'm a sales rep, and it's just um, it's pretty difficult to watch people come in, in a store um, who already have a pretty difficult life and walk out with your products. Um, it's just a hard thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to see that happening. So it's a values disconnect. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Everyone that walks into a liquor store and buys wine is not having a bad life. Yeah, I, I know that, but it's the uh, it's the ones that are. I'm in a pretty um pretty poor area, and so it's the uh, it's the ones that are coming off the streets like just just pennies in their pockets coming in and buying the cheapest things on the shelf just to get a just to get a drink. Why'd you get into this? Did you work in a liquor store, or you're a salesman for a distributor? I'm a salesman for a distributor. So how are you dealing with the people coming in off the streets? Well, so I've got to go into the stores and. Um, and, and talk to the, the people to try and talk to the, the liquor store owners to try and get them to get my products, um, which a lot of them, you know, we, we have some high-end products, but a lot of them are, are to target those those cheaper customers that are just trying to get a quick drink. Okay. I'm just curious, and I understand all of that. I understand it's very personal for you. What I'm curious about is how how'd you make this decision to get into this two months ago? Well, well, I I, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to originally get into medical device sales, um, which is a very it's a difficult field to get into without sales experience. And so my my original intention was to just try and get my foot in the door for the first couple of years, um, and just get some sales experience under my belt so that I could then move into that other um, that other field. But it's just right now it's it's getting pretty difficult to, no, to I get keep it. going because it's just it's a it's just a moral thing sure i get it but you took this opportunity just because it was i need some experience i got to sell something and this presented itself and you jumped into it that's what i'm understanding exactly all right yeah. so here's the deal stop overthinking this you're going to stay in this role and you're going to have to suck it up a little bit and, and you're not doing exactly. anything morally wrong i understand your feelings i don't want in any way to discount what you're feeling convictions all that but the fact is you're not doing anything wrong and so sit still and keep doing the job until you find another sales job to replace it with that's the advice and i appreciate what you're trying to do get some sales experience somewhere else but now you got to learn from this and go wait a second i'm not just going to take any sales job i need to make sure sure that i'm going to sell a service or product that i'm okay with and you can't overthink this you know because again there's nothing wrong with with distributing alcohol or selling alcohol but in your situation this is very, very personal. So I wouldn't overthink this. Let's make the move. How much? And, are you, how much are you making? Uh, forty-five thousand. Okay, so find another sales job making forty-five to sixty thousand dollars, selling something you're proud of, and then change. That's what Ken said. That's right. Okay. But then get in proximity if you can. If you could get selling something that's near or around that medical field, I, I would try to look for that first. You understand for what sure. I'm saying? Because it's connections yes, at this point, not just experience, but connections. 
and and make sure that as you're doing that that you're taking on something you can be proud of everyone in sales needs to remember it's very difficult to be a great salesperson selling something you don't believe in yes yeah and that's that's the thing that i've been i've been struggling with because yeah i've got alcoholism on both sides of my family um from both my parents sides um so it's that that's been the hardest part is just not really um care i don't really believe in the products that i'm yeah that i'm selling and that's been the, the hardest and, and, part to and just so wake, if, if, wake an, up if an opportunity similar to this presents itself don't take it mm-hmm. for sure there's something else because you had red flags before you took this yeah you're only two months in so i know you did and and now it's manifested and it's actually worse than you thought it was going to be in terms of convicting you yep. and you know your your morals are saying ding 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 the alarms are going off get out of here mm-hmm. so yeah go find something else as soon as you can and then quit but don't just quit every time you have a uh, adversity uh, a situation you know so again i don't want you there six years from now i don't want you there six months from now you ought to be able to find a sales job doing that so uh do, doing something that you actually believe in you know ken here over the years uh, we've developed we develop products books or software or apps or classes or whatever and one of the biggest challenges is to make sure that um that, that we're all proud of what it is we're putting out. The instant we're not proud of it, we can't ask anybody, including me, mm-hmm. to uh, suggest it to someone, sells to someone. That's what sales is. It's suggesting you do something, right? And, and uh, you can't suggest, you know, buying a car if you hate uh, that brand and you think that brand's a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're going to go to work for that dealer, you know? Uh, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. So d- don't, uh, don't take a position where you're not proud of where you work. So true. And specifically in sales, because sales, you know, period, people, but, 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 yeah, but yeah. it's very difficult. In sales. Very difficult in sales because you're an evangelist, right? That's your role and people can fake it. And there's a lot of fakes out there that, that hit their sales numbers. But if you are a person of conviction and you've got a, a true ethical code to you, it will wear you down if you can't get excited to the point of evangelizing on behalf of the product or the service that you're selling. It's absolutely, it will cripple you. It just will. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult because people can, you, your body language changes, your That's tone right. That's right. changes, your facial expressions yeah. change, all your nonverbals are, are just not there. That's correct. You know, when you're doing that. And so... Um, I mean, if you're selling, a, uh, in his case, a, a line of whiskey that is, uh, you know, the bottom of the barrel, no pun intended, um, <laughs> and, um, uh, and it's designed to take advantage of the homeless, then you're not going to be fired up about that. Yeah. You know, the, the drunk homeless guy, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be jump. You're not gonna be, nobody's going to be excited about yeah. that. Um, now, you know, but uh, so you just got to find a way to do the thing you do that is not violation of your morals or find something period that isn't but don't be just after two months jumping out without having something to jump to that well that's right that's why the first thing i said was hey you're going to stay put and you made this decision so you're going to be an adult about this until we find something to replace that income you don't just say oh i don't like it i can't do it anymore and he wasn't saying that but gotta be careful you know well i mean there's a that's honorable work you know 
for a lot of people. Yeah. For him, it's not a good fit. Exactly. This is the Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining an amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Hey guys, if you like this show and you want to help us out, since we're doing it for you for free, you can help us out. We'd appreciate it. A couple things you can do. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on YouTube or podcast or follow or whatever you do on your particular version of how you consume the show. You can leave a review, five stars. No need to leave one star. Mama said, if you ain't anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And you can share this with a friend. Just tell them where you're listening on talk radio or that you're watching on TBN or that you are, uh, you can click the link and share it if it's YouTube or a podcast link. So just uh, spread the word for us. Let people know that would be a huge help to us. It, uh, it really does matter. It affects the, uh, all the algorithms and all the things and causes us to be served up and so forth. And, uh, just, a, uh, just about a week ago, I think we're the number 19 podcast in the world mm. in, uh, size in terms of, uh, We've had over a billion downloads of the show now, and uh, 100% of that's because you guys told someone. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. Sarah's in Houston. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how are you guys? Better than we deserve. How can we help? Good. Well, I have a two-part question about a job change. Um, I just recently went through a job change after nearly 15 years with my previous employer, who I started with right out of college. So this is a pretty big shift. Um, so I'm trying to figure out is what is a reasonable timeline for feeling settled with this new job, meaning that you're understanding processes, you're building those relationships with people, um, and it's just understanding how things work. And then the second question is, how do I discern if, if kind of the overwhelming stress that I'm feeling is normal for starting with a new company after such a long time with a different company, and, or if it could be a symptom of a larger problem? How long have you been there? Um, I started, it's been about four months. What do you do? I'm project manager. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there's no set rule on how long it takes somebody to get settled. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's no just hard and fast rule, but I will tell you that uh, being settled will happen when you get over some of the natural fears and doubts of starting something new. That's just natural. I don't Mm -hmm. care what area of life we're talking about. We've been doing something for a very long time. And 15 years is a long time. It's the only culture you've ever known. The way they did work at that last company was all you've ever known. So Mm -hmm. uh, I I think the settling will take care of itself. I think the the bigger thing that I want to know is what are your concerns? What are you feeling concerned about right now? I want to find out if there's some depth to that or if that's just kind of some natural stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, I I guess at my previous employer, I felt confident that I had built a very good reputation and that, you know, my my loyalty to the company and my I always had the company's best interest in my heart. So if I if I made a mistake, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, we'll work through that. At a new company, it's all new. It's all new people, and I have a lot of responsibility. And this is the exact kind of job that I've been wanting, so I, I love it. Okay, but so I'm also just afraid. That's 100 <laughs> percent what's going on. 
So let's 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 start with reality. In four months' time, you cannot build a reputation. You can make an right. impression. You can build a bad reputation. Yeah, yeah, you can. That's right. But but a good reputation is developed over time. So right now we're trying to make a good impression, and mm-hmm. and you're really worried. And I understand that. But here's the deal: if you look back on your past job, uh, you developed the reputation to where if a mistake was made, they understood this is a rarity, and this is not mm-hmm. a character problem, and it's not a competency problem. It's just the natural workflow. We all make mistakes, but you develop that over time. So give yourself a break. You got to remember mm-hmm. your history. You developed it before, you'll develop it again. And so what right now, this is a mindset thing. So here's a little exercise. When you start to feel that fear and kind of worry pop up during the day, you need to just mm-hmm. find yourself a quiet moment, even if it's just shutting down uh, the email. You, people think you're looking at your computer, but you're just going to run through a mental exercise. Is this fear have any evidence? Does this fear have any evidence that it's true? And if it has no evidence that it's true, we know that it's our mind and it's based on fear and it's going to hold me back. And so then we flush it. If it's true, then that means fear is protecting you from something. But in this case, you have no history at all that says that you're going to make a bunch of mistakes at this new company in a job that you've longed for and you worked hard for. There's no evidence that says you're going to create a bunch of problems and mistakes that they're going to fire you. You would have to really intentionally do something boneheaded to get to that place. True or false? Yeah. True. All right, then. True. So believe in yourself, invest in yourself, and operate in confidence because you've been there before. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Okay. Anytime you do anything for 15 years, doing the same thing in a different place is going to take a little while, period. Whether it's job, yeah. whether yeah. it's job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's, uh, you know, you change cars. You've been driven one kind of car and you get a different kind of car going to feel mm-hmm. weird going down the highway mm-hmm. i mean it just takes a little while it's just uh whatever the thing is and so because our human mind gets in a groove yeah. or a rut one of the two and um you know and now you bumped up out of that and you're in the uh you're in the land of adventure darling yeah. you know it's not unlike uh I love marriage doing, by the way when you when you've grown up so we had a, we went to dinner with a young couple the other night, Dave, uh, Stacy and I, and they just got married. Stacy and I are coming up on twenty five years, and they were just saying, "What what advice would you give us?" And Stacy gave some great advice, way better than mine. But one of the things I said was, "Is that realize that first year is so difficult because you've grown up in one home, uh, both of you've grown up in different homes where there was a rhythm of how life was done. So maybe the dad did things this way in your home, but the dad completely did something different over here, and so you both are." bringing expectations based on the environment you grew up in and all of a sudden you get two completely different expectations because of different experiences and environments and so you got to learn to adjust to each other in marriage and i think this is a very similar situation all she ever knew was the way that company did work and a company has a very unique culture you come to ramsey solutions and you've never been in a place like this before man it, it it'll blow your mind how we care for each other how we communicate so unbelievably clearly uh very intentionally it's so any place good or bad is going to take some time because it's a really different environment yep yeah, it just takes a minute takes a minute to get your footing. It's that simple. So, Sarah, I like what you did, though. I like your spirit of adventure. Yep. I like that you stepped out on this I love and that. said, I'm going to go do something big. It's time It's time to shake off the cobwebs. And, yep. yeah, good for you. Good for you. It's going to pay off for you. It's going to pay off for you. Good stuff. Buvana is with us in D.C. Hey, Buvana, what's up? Hi, Mr. Ramsey. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? 
Sure. So I am 23 years old, and I'm going to be starting medical school in a few months. Congratulations. Thank you. I want to first of all say I'm super blessed. I was able to go to undergrad for almost next to nothing. And so most of my 529, I think, will cover all of my medical education expenses. Sweet. Um, Yes, my my parents were really generous with that. And um, I'm almost certain it'll cover all the expenses, but I do have $30,000 in savings. And so I'm wondering whether I should keep, uh, how to kind of divvy that up in terms of whether I should keep some of it just in case I have a couple thousand dollars left over that I do need to end up paying for if I should start investing because I know my retirement investments will be probably four to six years delayed compared to most people who are starting work now. Yeah, and it'll so be four to six times more income. That's true. So I think you'll be okay. <laughs> Listen, yeah. the best possible investment Buvana can make right now is in Buvana. Yes. You are what's known as a cash machine. You are getting ready to make some serious bank because dumb people don't get into med school. They don't let them in. And so, um, you know, you're going to go through this. You're going to graduate. You're going to pass your boards. And doing all of that with zero debt and starting off your career with zero debt is the best investment you can possibly make. You are a better return on investment than a mutual fund is. That's good to know. Yeah. So just trap all that money. And I want you, listen, you did a lot of planning. You did a lot of uh, scheming and scamming. You've laid everything out. You've dreamed about this in detail. Now do the same thing for the money part of it. Okay. You sound a little bit kind of wishy-washy and disorganized about whether the money's actually going to make it or not. I want you to sit down and develop a plan where the money makes it. Your money makes it. And graduate with $30,000 still in the bank. That'd be great. I want you to lay out a detailed HD, high-definition game plan to get through med school with the money you've got. And that's going to keep you from buying stupid butt stuff when you're tired, stressed out, taking some tests in the middle of the night. And so, seriously, lay it out in detail. This is The Ramsey Show. You've been gazelle intense. You've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed. And now... You're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 40% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Jake and Kelsey are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Doing Hi. well. Doing good, well. Good to have you guys. Where do you live? Irvine, California. All the way to Nashville, all the way across the whole stinking United States. Way to go, guys. Come in. Thank you for coming. And how much debt did you pay off? We paid off $456,000 in six years. And 300,000 of that was in the last three years. Wow. Good for you. 
And your range of income during that six years? We started at 175000 and we ended at 285000 Cool. What do you all do for a living? I'm a teacher, and he's a physical therapist. Okay. And so, wow, great incomes. So uh, what, what in the world? What kind of debt was this? Student it, loans. Yeah, <laughs> primarily student loans. We had one car built in there, but it was all pretty much made up of student loans. $456,000 in student loan mm-hmm. for a teacher and a PT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. It was foolish in the beginning, but when we were signing up for things, it was just, it'll be our problem in the future. We'll worry about it later. And then, obviously, it became our problem. <laughs> yeah. How long have you guys been married? 12 years. We actually had our anniversary on um, Saturday. Saturday. Oh, happy anniversary. Yes. Very you. good. Okay, so uh, halfway through your marriage, six years ago, that student loan's just still sitting there, almost a half a million dollars staring at you. And you, you, you what, wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat? I mean, what happened? What, what in the world? What changed, what changed the direction on this? So we grew up in Minnesota, and then we moved to California for Jake's physical therapy school. And when he was in school, we knew that we wanted to get rid of the debt somehow. We just didn't know what the plan was. Um, and so while he was in school, we were living on the teacher's salary. And I had a long commute, and I listened to the Dave Ramsey show on my commute. And so I asked Jake if he was interested in trying the program. And basically, the minute he got out of school, we started running. And um, I would say at the beginning, we were a little bit Dave-ish. And then that's when uh, the last three years you saw how we picked up and really worked to pay it off. Yeah, hundred grand a year for three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were after it. I mean, you're on beans and rice. Absolutely. Jake at one time was working four jobs. Wow. So he's an inpatient physical therapist, so he was working at four different hospitals. Um, that became a little too much, so he scaled it back. But um, we sacrificed a lot of time. I didn't see him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did summer school. Um, he worked really hard, you know, 10-hour days, every weekend. I would tell people, Jake works every day, and I think they heard, Jake works a lot. It was, Jake works every day. <laughs> All day. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of days, yeah, mm-hmm. for a lot of days in a row for three years there. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow. Powerful. Uh, guys, there's so many times that I have sat with people or talked to people here on the air, either one, and they have a mountain of student loan debt like this, and you guys are incredible. Because uh, that was uh, a wee bit daunting mm-hmm. yes. to look up and go, I got 450000 on a teacher and a PT's income. Mm-hmm. Uh, because neither one of these are six-figure incomes usually. Uh, but the way you worked them, you turned them into that. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Yeah, I, I got to ask, because just the strain on your relationship, just not seeing each other, then you're exhausted, you're working uh, every day, as your wife said to me, what kept you going in some of those dark days? It was um, definitely knowing what the future held, and kind of as the one question we figured you'd maybe ask about is um, one of the keys is sacrifice, and um, we definitely made the most out of our time um, on the weekends. A lot of times when I'd come home, we knew we knew we'd maybe go to church, we'd prepare a meal, we'd eat, we'd visit with friends for a tiny bit, and we'd have maybe one to two hours together. Mm-hmm. So we really learned to cherish those one to two hours, mm-hmm. and we knew that once we got over with this, life was going to be so much better on the other side. Yeah. And a few months out, it certainly is. Yeah, have you had a moment to kind of emotionally and financially and relationally exhale a little bit? A little bit. 
Um, Have you, has it hit you? <laughs> you know what? In a sense, it hasn't because I'm still working some. Um, working our way through the steps and I actually jokingly have told Kels a couple of times when I go to work on the weekends it almost feels natural like when I'm going to work extra jobs and extra shifts mm. when I stay home it actually it actually feels yeah. more abnormal kind of like what are you doing we have here on the weekend <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it's it's starting to sink in it's starting mm-hmm. to feel real that um, all the hard work that we did for these years is paying off and our did you have a sense of release when it was gone Definitely. We knew the day that it was going to be gone and we had the loan company that we were going to call and do it. And we had cookies made <laughs> with yeah. uh, with uh, getting out of debt and stuff. And, um, and so once we made that call and once it was processed, um, we definitely felt the relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go back to what I said a minute ago. The, the 450, almost $500,000 is daunting because most a lot of people give up right there it's too overwhelming i can't get there it's hard to it's hard for people to internalize the belief the hope that they can ever get there and you guys did it in six years most of it in three years what do you tell that person who says man there's just no way i can't i can't i i kind of see how you guys did it but i can't believe it for myself you know what i'm saying right they need to definitely believe in themselves and then like we we're living walking examples a teacher and a physical therapist and we made it work as we said it talked it really comes down to dedication um, and hard work and um, definitely sacrificing and planning yourself I think that you have to have a goal I don't think there was a day that we didn't talk about the debt every single day we talked about it and I think that's sort of been the release now too is you don't have to talk about that but you have to have that goal that you find something else to talk yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing home and what am i supposed to say to you yeah. <laughs> exactly but um i think that people just have to figure out you know what you can do that you can work those extra jobs that you can be willing to sacrifice um ours was a longer journey and i think a lot of people sometimes um are shorter and mm-hmm. so it's just what are you willing to give up you know i mean we drive a 1998 Camry. So, I mean, you, there's things sometimes you have to give up to um, yeah. get to the goal that you want at the end. Well, it's time for you to buy a car now. <laughs> I mean, you, yes. you really do need to get a better car. Yeah. That one sucks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It still works. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, you got you got to break loose, man. You got to be done. I don't, I don't want you to go crazy here, but go pay cash for it for sure. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, you have worked so, so hard. I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all are an amazing couple. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, you kind of look like you got a little PTSD a little bit, like you're still trying to, <laughs> yeah. a little shell shock still from, yeah. you gutted it out so dramatically. I mean, there was so many years of saying no, and we can't do this, we can't do that. And, um, now, like we, you said, the release is, yeah, coming, taking a trip to Nashville, uh, going to visit family, doing things like that that we said no to a lot over the last several years, yeah. so... Um, now we get to enjoy these things on a much grander scale. Do you feel um, when you do when you do take on something this size? Do you feel accomplished? Quite, yeah. Um, like, I, if we did this, we could do anything. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. All along the way, um, Kelsey and I always tell people that once we even got towards the end, we could already feel the freedom. Mm-hmm. You talk about the peace, and it's indescribable. Even when we knew we weren't fully done, we still felt as you mentioned, the release already, you've mentioned before, it always feels like you're giving yourself raises all along the way. And we, for the longest time, never even had to think much about money because we knew where it was always going to be going. Mm. And now we just kind of transitioned that into 
better ways to yeah. to save it and invest it. I think we felt the peace along the way, mm-hmm. too. It was um, at first it was so daunting to put all those student loans and see them, but once they started going, it's like we felt like we had more money, even though every month our money went out the door. But you just felt that you had that. Um, I think because you're giving every dollar a name and knowing where it's going. That's good. They, you, you felt a sense of control before yes. you were even debt free because you actually exactly. were in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Hey, we got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That's going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah, yeah I hope really. So. <laughs> and uh, we got a uh, copy of the uh, Total Money Makeover book and a Financial Peace membership as well. You guys are incredible. You're heroes. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. Jake and Kelsey, Irvine, California, 456000 paid off in six years, 300 in the last three years, making 175 to 285 Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, three two, two, one. We're debt-free. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty fun, boys and girls. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Matthew 10, 31. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Sarah Blakely, billionaire woman, founder of Spanx. I think failure is nothing more than life's way of nudging you that you are off course. It's course correction. That's what it is. I agree. Uh, people in the technology field fail for a living. They call it iteration. Yeah. <laughs> Our good friend John Maxwell wrote a book entitled "Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn." Yeah. Which is a great perspective on failure. You know, it there's is. no progress without failure. He writes a book a week. The, another one. <laughs> another one was called "Failing Forward." That's right. That's right. Yeah. Jessica's in Syracuse, New York. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. How can I help? So, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, that was for my husband. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. Uh, to that end, um, I know that you generally say that, you know, emergency funds are not there to build you wealth, obviously. They're there for your security. Good. So, with that being said, how much effort would you put into chasing a better rate? Almost um, not. Our... Um, Almost Almost yeah. Our emergency fund and our long-term savings has been in a high-yield account. You know, before the pandemic, it was at like two and a quarter. It dropped way down to like 0.5, and it's sitting at about 0.85 right now. Yeah. And out of curiosity, I jumped on the Internet today to see what's out there, and I saw another one sitting up at 1.5. So that's fine. Yeah, move it over there if you double want. Double what we've but, got. Yeah, that, that's yeah. fine. Well, I mean, how much is in your emergency fund? Uh, the emergency fund is ten thousand, and we've got our automotive sitting in there as well, so maybe another two thousand. Okay, so one percent of ten thousand is what? Oh goodness, I'm an accountant. You're going to ask me to do math. Well, ten ten percent of ten thousand is one thousand. One percent is a hundred dollars. Yep. Okay, so moving from a half to one and a half over a period of a year, you made a hundred dollars. Yes, I know the short stick in the eye, right? Yeah, so it's okay. I mean, a hundred dollars mm-hmm. is nice. You can go out to dinner, nice place on that. Well, reasonably nice place. And um, mm-hmm. but but it's not it's not going to change your life, right? Even over a yeah. period of decades, fine. it's not going to change your life. So, yeah. The, but what does change your life is having the emergency fund as an insurance policy when life happens. 
that keeps you from cashing out things that are growing at a rate that does change your life. So if you don't cash out your 401k to fix your transmission because you have an emergency fund, that is a lot more than a hundred dollars. Right. So your, your original you point is what I would refer back to. But again, so would I spend uh, 500 hours to get a hundred dollars? No, I don't think I would. Uh, would I surf the internet every so often and see if I can get a high yield thing that makes me an extra hundred? Yeah, I might a little bit. I've got a bunch of cash laying in the company here in our retained earnings business version of emergency fund. And we spend some time on that trying to, you know, uh, figure out how we can park that in some kind of float account. So it's not all just sitting and checking, you know, it's just cause it's a lot of money. And, um, but even then it's not, it's purpose is not to grow wealth for the company. Its purpose is to protect the things that do grow wealth for the company. And so just have to kind of balance that out. So, yeah, I'll spend some effort on it, but I'm certainly not going to major in minors. That's what it amounts to. John's with us in New York City. Hey, John, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for having me on. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Yeah, so uh, my grandparents left me with about $200,000. Um, I'm not sure what to do with it. Um, I don't have any debt. landlording um and i don't want to buy a house for myself um but i do want to do remote landlording but i was researching and some people said that it's a nightmare and and property managers aren't that good um yeah uh okay how old are you 26 what do you do for a living i'm a software developer good for you okay all right and you're not you're a single guy yep okay and you don't want to buy a house why um, I, uh, I don't like the maintenance, the lawn mowing, all that stuff, the cleaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. You like the freedom of not, a, not being, um, a t- uh, uh, anchored down to that house. Yeah. They, they, they are, they are a problem. I got a dead gun project at one of mine right now. It just drives me crazy. There's always, I told Sharon, the more, more stuff you own, the more repairman you have to know. So I kind of, <laughs> I kind of go along with you, John. I like it. Um, especially at your stage of life, and there's no rush for you to buy something. Um, so, um, sorry about your grandparents. When did they pass? Uh, a few weeks ago. Whoa! Just the mm. other day. Both of them at one time? Uh, it happened in between. It happened with a few days. Within a few days, yeah. Oh. My grandma uh, had a heart attack after my grandma, pa- uh, grandpa passed. So. Oh my goodness! Mm. Oh man, I'm so sorry. Were you close to him? Yeah, pretty close. That's my reason for staying in, in uh, New York City, even though it's pretty expensive, because uh, I, I would say I love my family and want to be close to them. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, no, I would not do remote landlording. I think that's a bad idea. If you're not willing to cut your own grass, then I don't. you don't need to be doing landlording. Uh, not that you have to cut the grass there, but it just tells me you don't like hassle. And, dude, you're going to sign up for a bunch of hassle, so... That sounds like some kind of get-rich-quick crappy site you were on or something there. Don't fool with that. If I were in your shoes, I'll tell you what I would do, and it's very boring. I would park the money in a mutual fund for right now or a couple of three mutual funds and just forget it. Forget that it's there and just let it grow. And then uh, a little further down the road, if you decide you want to buy a property or maybe you're getting married and she wants you to buy a property or, you know, that kind of stuff is happening – then, you know, that's the kind of stuff I, you know, but, but for right now, it might be three years before you do anything with it. And the stock market's way down right now. So it's on sale. 
So if I woke up in your shoes and I had an extra 200 that I didn't really have anything to do with, I, first thing I'd do is try to put it someplace where I keep my hands off of it and not spend it, right? And then the second thing I would do is um, put it someplace where I couldn't spend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what? You, having said that, though, you might want to earmark a little bit of it for fun and pull it out and go do something fun. Have you got any ideas on that? Yeah, yeah, probably uh probably travel to Europe or something. So what's that cost? Um, haven't looked yet. Okay. Yeah, I mean budget five grand or something or ten grand or something and go do that and the rest of it. Sit down, go to RamseySolutions.com, dot com, click on Smart Vester, you can sit down with the Smart Vester Pro and begin your uh education on investing. Begin learning from a, a an advisor. You don't take an advisor's advice, you don't take Dave's advice. You sit down and you uh, are, other than the piece of advice that says you're supposed to learn about something before you invest in it. And uh, it puts them in a pretty good position. It really does. You know, I, beyond doing something fun with it, I'd also just let your heart wander a little bit and, uh, you know, do something good with it. It doesn't have to be huge. I don't want you to feel any pressure to do that. But something good, something good with that money, you know. Some kind of generosity yeah, play. Yeah, generosity. That's not a bad way to kind of start moving into this phase because it uh, it'll really set something in place something special in your heart this is something your grandparents did for you it's a way of honoring them but again i don't want you to feel any pressure to do that or on a large scale but just do something good do something fun i like that combination then do something smart yeah yeah maybe you know if you put five percent to fun and five percent to generosity that'd leave you on 90 percent yeah to it or something like that no yeah. no pressure but zero it's always good to try to do those three things have some fun with the money yep. be generous with the money and invest the money in this case the vast majority of it i think i'd be investing yeah um and uh, i would limit the fun but i think i would do something there um and you know when you get to 30 years old or 35 years old and you look back, and whatever you've ended up doing with this money, it needs to do. It needs to be something that would have caused your grandma and grandpa to smile. Yes, and then you've honored their memory mm-hmm. because they had common sense. They were obviously good with money. They had some money. They left their grandson two hundred grand. That's pretty incredible. So, Ken Coleman, good show today. Thanks for having me. Good work in the booth, Kelly and Andrew and Zach and Ben and Austin. Good job, you guys. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.